With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to the Full Press Packers Pod, part of Full Press Coverage. My name is Kyle Sunra, and I'm here today to talk about week one of the 2020 NFL season. Uh, the Packers facing off against the Minnesota Vikings in Minnesota came out with the 43-34 to victory. So Packers start the season 1-0. and uh, You know, you see that you hear the score. Uh, 43-34, right? That's uh, so clearly both offenses were ready to play. Um, defenses, I mean, I thought I thought both defenses played well at, at points, but I think, the you know, both offenses were able to kind of have their wills with, I mean, with each other in this game, especially, I'll say, especially the Vikings in the second half. I thought uh, their offense really, really kicked it into gear, and, and you know, I think there's a pretty clear reason behind that. So just the, the you know, the general takeaways from this. Uh, so if you remember the the preview game, uh, I was, you know, Jesse and I had talked about. Uh, we expected big things from Aaron Rodgers to Devontae Adams, especially. Um, I'd like to say I was surprised. Uh, you know, and, uh, I didn't necessarily expect Devontae Adams to have a career, I think, I believe a career high 14 receptions, uh, 156 yards, two touchdowns, uh, 17 targets out of, uh, 44 pass attempts. So, you know, you're closing in on that's, that's at least a third of the targets to himself. Actually, I think more than that, um, quick math there. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely more than a third. Um, <laughs> So yeah, I think about forty percent target share. Uh, don't necessarily expect that to be the case every week. Uh, I think I don't know if uh, you know Mike Zimmer overconfidence a bit in, in his corners' abilities to to play against Adams, but no one could cover him. And 
rarely saw too much heavy blanket coverage. I mean, a lot of times it was left one-on-one and was getting open at will seemingly. And I mean, again, 14 catches on 17 targets. He had the drop in the end zone. He could have had a third touchdown. Um, there was also the the, the non-catch where he went out of bounds. And I'm not going to get into that. It, that. it looked like a catch to be. But regardless, um, <laughs> not going to rant too heavily because uh, there may have been some, uh, you know, Packers might have got... I don't know if they got away with anything, but uh, definitely some, you know, maybe a favorable call to Adams on his on his uh, catch in the end zone was his foot. It was the, you know there was the right foot down when he caught it. You know, didn't seem like there was a definitive angle to to say either way. So, um, I think the Packers, you know, don't, you know, I would say weren't necessarily lucky in this game. I thought they just played incredibly well. I think the you know their element of luck may have came at the end of the second quarter to get that boost to get those uh two quick scores at the end of the the second half or at the end of the first half and the, the interception by Kirk Cousins was uh pretty uncharacteristic uh pretty poor ball placement on his part on uh, an outbreaking route to Adam Thielen and uh you know threw it inside too much Jair Alexander read it perfectly and, and made a great catch to and then uh you know at that point the Packers uh they were up uh Sorry, quick math there. Uh, 15, I think, yeah, at that point, they were up 15-7. And, you know, getting that score right before halftime, knowing that the Vikings were going to start the ball with, uh, we start the with the ball in the second half, uh, really key there. And, uh, you know, great drive to cap it off with a touchdown right at the end uh, of uh, the first half. So, you know, key moment there, and I think that was maybe the only element of luck, really, that was on the Packers side, was Kirk Cousins throwing, again, a very uncharacteristic poor ball uh on that on that pass you know he he usually cousin's a pretty accurate quarterback and i thought he actually played pretty well in this game uh there's a lot of times where protection not the great especially in again in the first half um because the unfortunate thing for the packers that happened in this game is the injuries i think that's the the big takeaway uh for anyone who was wondering oh is kenny clark overpaid as a defensive tackle or as a nose tackle that first half you know they allowed you know, at the point at the moment Clark got injured, they had allowed seven points and basically just a over a half or just under a half. After Clark left, they go and they score twenty seven points in just over a half. So, I, you know, if you if you really want to look at it, you think of you just I think you see just how the defense in general played. Uh, I will say one of the things that seemed like they tried to do right away coming out of the of halftime, especially with uh, the Packers defense, was too too pure. Uh, defensive uh, uh, defensive lineman. Uh, I think they started at first with uh, Lancaster and Lowry, and like at times Zadarius Smith was the nose, and they you know playing extra linebackers. Uh, you know Dalvin Cook started eating, and the, uh, the Vikings offensive line really was making good headway. That you know running right up the middle, Cook was getting tons of separation and, and er, separation, but space to to operate. And then. Uh, Kingsley Kiki start Kingsley Kiki started coming on the field with three defensive linemen. I thought they fared better in that in that instance. Uh, they said it was uh, Kenny Clark was a, a groin uh, strain. Hopefully nothing too serious. Unfortunately on the offensive line, uh, definitely some shakeup there. Now I, I, a few things to this game. I think that you know if, if anything on offense to take away from this was the offensive line and, I, and outside of of course Devontae Adams, which again we kind of expected him to do really well. Uh, but I think. Um, Elton Jenkins getting the start at right tackle was very, very telling. It kind of makes all the the moves the Packers have made all offseason make sense. I thought he looked good. And I mean, he didn't, he played, 
I think he played about a quarter uh, of the game at, at right tackle. Uh, I didn't see any pressures allowed. I thought anytime he was one on one against a, an edge rusher, he he did he did really well. Um, I know Ngakwe didn't play; he was in and out of the, so the you know having uh, you know having him in and out it, it changes the pass rush for the Vikings, makes it easier to you know to double in on, on other key players. But again, when Jenkins was playing, I thought he, uh, he was good at right tackle. And then of course, uh, what happened? Lucas Lucas Patrick got hurt. Don't know how serious that is, but it seems like the the real serious injury is to Lane Taylor, uh, just like last year's season-ending injury. Got carted off. They called it a knee injury. It looked bad. I'm I don't know. Well, I potentially season-ending. I don't want to I don't want to speculate. Haven't heard necessarily anything at this moment, but uh, it does not look good for for Lane Taylor. So what the Packers offensive line had to do is that they they you know had to shift some things around. Now, luckily, they had signed Ricky Wagner this offseason, who I, again, I expected was the plan, I thought, was he was going to be the starting right tackle. Obviously, Jenkins had that, but uh, they moved Jenkins to left guard after that, where he you know excelled incredibly well as a rookie last year. Uh, I thought Wagner played well when he needed to. Really, Aaron Rodgers, he only got hit once, and it was technically, it doesn't even count as a hit, I don't think, because it happened after he threw the ball away, and, and he kind of got pushed at the end of a play. It wasn't anything serious enough that it would have warranted a, um, you know, a roughing the the passer call or anything, but it was late. Like it did, I don't think it counted technically. So he technically was not hit all game. Um, clean pocket throughout, and the the occasional time where there might have been something. He he, you know, Rogers as as always great getting outside the pocket and making plays. So uh, kudos to the offensive line, regardless of what the formation was and who who was the starting players. Um. Because then uh, John Runyon, the, the rookie, had to come in as well. So that, uh, and I thought he did pretty well coming in coming in for that right guard spot. Uh, we'll look to see. I mean, I, I think uh, if Billy Turner is good to go next week, probably expect to see him at, at right guard unless Lucas Patrick is healthy. Then, I mean, you know, I don't know what exactly they're going to do in that regard. Uh, obviously, you know, Elton Jenkins is playing. Like he's he's going to be on the on the field at all times. We know Corey Lindsley is the center. I thought he played pretty well. Uh, there was... I guess there was one play where Rodgers got pressured and he had to throw throw it away. It was actually it was the intentional grounding. Uh, that one they kind of let uh, free rusher go, and it seemed like that was maybe not the uh, great. That was a kind of a, a lack of pr- protection call there. I don't know if that was on Rodgers or Lindsley. Outside of that, though, I thought Lindsley, from a center's point of view, called the offensive line well. I thought he blocked really well, sprung some big runs, um, and 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 yeah, I mean, and I look at the the running efficiency. Uh, Aaron Jones, 4.1 yards a carry. Jamal Williams, 3 yards a carry. Not as efficient. And they also, the problem with Williams, they also get one of those runs, he he ran on a, he ran on a jet sweep, essentially. That's not really Jamal Williams' game, and I think he, I think it was a loss. Of, he got tackled for a loss of yards there. So that, that, that kind of hurt his average a little bit, too. Although his longest run was 5 yards. He got some key first downs, though. Almost got a touchdown. A.J. Dillon looked good in the, the couple of runs he had. 14 yards. Um, I thought he looked pretty natural out there. Obviously, small small sample size, uh, but the, I think it was telling to to know how many players actually ran the football for the Packers. Tyler Irvin got some good runs. He looked good. He actually was second on the team in rushing yards, thirty eight uh, on three carries. Uh, again, he seemed more natural on the on the on the sweeps and the outside runs. Alan Lazard got a, 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 a I guess te- is he technically he got only one rush attempt. There was another attempt that was one of those, you know, one of those sweeps where Rogers kind of touch pass forward, so it counts as a reception for Lazard. Um, but you know, he looked athletic too, and I thought he did really well. 
so the, the the you know the question going in really is this offensive line, and it's not even necessarily play because again, even the rookie John Runyon coming in looked good. We'll see against other pass rushes again. Losing to Nil Hunter, massive effect on the Vikings. I, I, as their best pass rusher, even last season, he was the, the anchor that was going to make that defense still work. And the, the linebacking was great. Kendricks was great. I thought the one thing was they maybe targeted the running backs a little too much, considering how good Kendricks was in coverage. Um, because uh, Valdez, Scantling, and Jones led the team in targets six apiece. Or we're, sorry, t- second on the team in targets six apiece. Of course, Adams led the team in targets. Uh, not bearing the lead there. Uh, but yeah, so looking forward to this offensive line, it, uh, my guess would be Wagner's probably going to be at right tackle more often than not now just because of the guard play. Uh, if Lucas Patrick's good to go next week and Billy Turner's good to go, I, I do wonder. Maybe you see both Turner, you know, Turner at right guard, uh, Lucas Patrick at left guard, and Elton Jenkins back out at right tackle. I think outside of those two being fully healthy, ready to go, you're probably seeing Wagner at right tackle. Jenkins at either guard spot and then Runyon at either guard, guard spot. When when we saw that, you know, unless, of course, Patrick or, or Turner is healthy. And I do wonder, you know, Jenkins, if it's going to be left or right, might de- might be determined on is it Turner or or uh, Patrick that's healthy. Uh, Turner played mostly right guard last year, so I do wonder they keep him in the natural spot, move Jenkins over to left guard, really similar to what the line looked like last year. If they want to promote Lucas Patrick instead, make him the starter every week. Patrick at left. And then Jenkins maybe goes to right guard somewhere he hasn't necessarily played, but uh, I mean again he played right tackle pretty well yesterday, so I, th- I think he'll be fine. Um, so yeah, um, again questions about the offensive line, but I, I think Elton Jenkins, uh, you know, massive credit for for his ability to shift all over the offensive line and play well regardless of where he was. Maybe long term is the actually franchise right tackle, and I do wonder if that's something that you know this year they. He's going to be maybe more of a a hybrid guard tackled wherever that wherever they need him, and I wonder maybe maybe if that's forever going to be his role. But I wonder if by twenty twenty one next year they really want to solidify some inside guys that they're going to have long term, and put Elton Jenkins out at right tackle permanently. So that'll be something I I don't think is in the cards this year, just because of again this what a, could potentially be a season ending injury to Lane Taylor. I think that makes it so Jenkins is probably playing guard more more often than not. Obviously, look for that. Look for Lucas Patrick. We'll get some more information on his injuries. It kind of happened mid-game, kind of off-camera. Um, not really sure exactly what was the, the cause there. And then Kenny Clark. Hopefully, that groin strain isn't too serious because, again, we saw what the defense looks like without Kenny Clark. And clearly, uh, you know, clearly could be affected. I got to say, though, Dalvin Cook, 12 carries, 50 yards, two touchdowns. So, obviously, you know, around the red zone, there, there needs some work there. But... I thought they kind of kept him in check. I know Alexander Madison got a nice big run late in the... I think that was the, what led to their field goal at the end of the first half. Um, a 21-yard run. So that that kind of... I mean, 8.3 yards a carry helped his average. Uh, Cousins, 4 for 34. Now, Cousins, he's athletic. You know, he's not he's not like a Phillip Rivers, like no mobility whatsoever. But when it comes to like some of the really athletic quarterbacks the Packers are going to face later this year, I think about... I think Deshaun Watson, when the Packers have to face Deshaun Watson, oh boy, look out for that. I mean, unless the defense can truly be dominating, penetrate, and get constantly in the backfield, I think the Packers could have nightmares with Deshaun Watson the way that uh, they've kind of notoriously been really vulnerable to rushing quarterbacks. I, I saw it last year. 
kind of started to see flashes of it already. And again, this is just Kirk Cousins we're talking here. We're not talking Deshaun Watson type of, of mobility and athleticism. So when that comes later on the season, the Packers are really going to have to clean up some things. Overall, yeah, the defense allowed 34 points. 24 in the fourth quarter when the game was not quite put away, but mostly put away. Yeah, so the defense definitely needs to clean things up. But again, I, as long as Kenny Clark's healthy, I think that's that's a big thing. I, I think that was a massive reason why they allowed so many points in that fourth quarter. Uh, so hoping that it's not too serious and whatever the injury that affected him it doesn't linger. Obviously, care about all players, not just because they're producing, but because they're human beings and, and you know, you should all be positive and not hope each other get hurt. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. few things to mention. Uh, Marcus Valdez-Scantling, he got the full MVS experience today. Uh, so six targets, four catches, but two drops, two really crucial, could have been touchdown, especially one of them could have been a touchdown drops. Um, but he came back with a catch later, and a big catch, uh, almost got a touchdown on that one too. So uh, great on, on Marcus Valdez-Scaling. It was just, it was funny because the two drops, he was wide open. Uh, you know, the, the one, there was the one that was a bit deeper that could have been a touchdown. He was kind of, would have had to stretch out, not the, not the, easiest catch in the world but there was that one play they ran it beautifully they had a and i was curious to what the the formation was they had adams alone on one side they had three receivers on the other side and they kind of both both the other receivers kind of flare out one one of them just kind of fell over and kind of kind of blocked your your corner you know in a a way kind of a, a pick play sort of thing um and then MVS just kind of ran underneath alone, wide open, uh, passed right to him, right in his hands, and he and just dropped it. Kind of, you could tell he kind of took his eyes off the ball, tr- knowing that he had so much space. He was kind of trying to see how big of a play he could get instead of just catching it. Uh, but then again, came back later, had the big catch. It's funny that the easy catch was the one he missed, but his first, his touchdown catch, actually, the, the defender was on him. That was a tough catch to make. I didn't know that he would necessarily make that. Um, he, yeah, I, I would say that he probably, um, it's weird, it's weird, you know, seeing, you know, dropping the open catch, but the, the contested catch, seeing him make that is, is good because that was something that I hadn't really seen from him yet. Uh, it's, it's, he's, he's he is so good at getting open. <laughs> it's weird to see him drop so many open passes, but it's, he is, he is very great at getting open. And, and I think that's the, the most important thing for any receiver to do really. The, ne- the next is to make the catches, which Again, he came up with some big ones, made some drops, but I think overall has Rogers faith for the most part. He's going to make the drops. I think he's going to going to work on it, but to to see him in game work on it too, I think big because last year when it seems like once he got a drop, it would be in his head and he wouldn't make any other catches. To to get that big catch at the at the end of the game or late the game, I think was key for his psyche of okay, even if I make drops. I could still come back and make a catch. It's also key for Rodgers to kind of keep trusting him. Again, he tied second on the team in targets. Um, would like to see Lazard get more targets. Four for four, 63 and a touchdown. Uh, looking good, though. It seems like those are going to be the top three receivers. Kind of surprised that Equinemius St. Brown uh, was inactive today. Uh, after the second Valdez-Scantling drop, I was I kind of I uttered out loud to, oh, I wonder if we're going to see... Uh, <laughs> 
uh, St. Brown next game not be inactive. They're going to play, play him. Um, but ultimately, I I think the receivers, you know, those top three are pretty solidified. I think Rodgers has the confidence in them. Um, you know, a few targets towards the tight ends. Jashia Deguara played really well. Uh, I'm going to not harp on him for a while because uh, he actually did come out pretty good. So my uh, disdain for Packers tight ends may have to, uh, you know, just burn out and fizzle out and not return ever again so i'll i won't uh, i won't harp on him he, he did play pretty he did play pretty well so uh you know, made some good blocks came up with a catch two targets uh i think for the rookie basically made it so that robert tanyan didn't see the field at all so uh maybe a little wrong about the maybe thinking robert tanyan from a fantasy perspective might be the team's number one tight end maybe deguara already kind of gets gets there we'll, we'll see how that uh progresses uh, the one other thing I guess to talk about was Adam Thielen. So one thing I predicted, again, Jesse did too. If you looked at my fantasy football rankings on full press coverage, you'll see I had Adam Thielen, I believe, ranked at like wide receiver 33. Uh, last season, Jair Alexander did such a great job shutting him down. And for the most part, he did. Uh, did allow a touchdown against Thielen in coverage at the end. Thielen's first touchdown, though, uh, was when Darnell Savage was covering him. And so that was the one thing where he was he was in the slot and Savage kind of as a safety co- covering through the, the middle of the field covered him in, with Alexander on the perimeter. I guess I would like to see Alexander just shadow Thielen, to be honest. If you've got a, like, a, for the, the the Vikings especially, clearly the number one receiver, uh, eight targets, and supposed to, especially early, I think, uh, how many pass attempts does Cousins have? 25? So it, that you know, almost thirty three percent of the targets there. I know it's a, you know Adam's seventeen, but you, you look at the past step numbers. It's it is again over. It's forty percent closer to that. Um, but Thielen still clearly was the number one target on the team, and for a- Alexander that was having such good coverage against him and success against him, I, I was a little disappointed to see that he wouldn't shadow Thielen into even into the slot. I figured that was something I clearly Petten believes in his guys to, to kind of play their roles. Um, we'll see though. I would like to see, you know, Alexander, I think is certainly capable of shadowing certain receivers, big body receivers, not so much. Uh, but Thielen, I, you know, I thought that the matchup lined up pretty well. Again, he did catch a touchdown against Alexander late at the end. Alexander almost tipped it away though. It was, it was close, but um so I think for, for the most part, he did well shutting down Thielen, just Thielen getting his you know big production on uh, a play where Savage was covering him. So just, I guess, a little bit, not so much disappointment. It's tough to be disappointed with any win. Uh, you know, winning by nine, especially on the road in a game where like, the Vikings were favored regardless of, of what happened you know, this offseason and, and the changes that were made. Um I will say uh, before one last thing was Chris Barnes coming in as a linebacker. Uh, he, I think he he might he might, you know especially waiting for Kamal Martin. It seems like you know Oren Burks and uh, Ty Summers not quite cutting it. Chris Barnes came in. Uh, he had a really nice tackle on Dalvin Cook. It was um it, it was on second down. It forced a, a third and eight, which they were able to get the stop on. Um. And then, uh, you know, he was signed from the practice squad uh, just earlier this week. Uh, again, he did miss a tackle on... It was on the two-point conversion, actually, on Cook. He missed... He, he had a chance to get out there and, and get him in any... And he couldn't get it... You know, he got to the edge, he got in space, and Cook kind of made a miss and couldn't quite get that tackle. Got two points on the board for the Vikings. But overall, I thought Chris Bar- Barnes could be... 
at least right now in, the, in a short term, that number two linebacker next to Kirksey led the team in tackles with 12. It's a similar stat line to what Martinez had last year. So um, he missed a tackle as well on, on Cook. It's going to happen. But for the most part, I thought, um, you know, the defense, I think, has room for improvement. Kenny Clark being in there probably will help. For the most part, I thought Jair Alexander was probably the best player on defense. But as I tweeted out uh, from the Full Press Coverage Packers account, I think the uh, MVP of this game, as much as Rodgers had a great game, I think you have to give it to Devontae Adams. Uh, again, just getting open seemingly at will. And when that type of weapon for, for Rodgers, it was it was just all too easy. Anytime he was one-on-one looking towards Adams. Again, 17 targets, 14 catches, 156 yards, two touchdowns. Again, they mentioned in the broadcast, it was a career high in reception receptions for Adams. So... Uh, a great game for him and, and in, a, in a game where the Packers needed, uh, we talked about it, figured they'd score 30 points on the Vikings. Well, the Vikings also scored 34 points. So, that, you know, they needed to put up 43 and Adams was so key to, to that. So I think the, uh, the first half MVP, you could almost give it to Jair Alexander. Again, he got that sack on Cousins on the safety. That was really key for the Packers to kind of gain momentum, get a field goal after that. And they, they took the lead, which they never relinquished once they got up 8-7. They got the uh, the other two touchdowns to go up um, twenty two to to seven. I I know the uh, the Vikings did get that field goal as time expired in in the half, but that was really key there for for Alexander not only on that that safety to to help them reclaim that lead after uh, Adams dropped that pass in the end zone and they turned it over on on fourth down. Uh, made them pay, got the safety, and then got the interception of Cousins before half to set up again those those two quick scores to kind of that was and those were the that was like the key moment of the game there is that that first touchdown to Adams the the interception by Alexander the touchdown of Valdez Scantling and from again from there it was always at arm's length uh it was a two possession game or more the rest of the way so um yeah first half MVP to Alexander's uh but I think the uh the the game MVP really to Devontae Adams this week in this week one victory so now joining me is uh, one of my co-hosts, Jesse Hall. Uh, was on the preview. Um, like we said in the preview, we thought the Packers would win, and we thought it would be a pretty, especially pass-heavy approach. I was, I was especially saying, um, turned out to be true. So uh, welcome and uh, yay, we won week one. Hey, one week in, uh, eighteen more to go, right? <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully. I thought the offense uh, looked great right away. We showed a lot of wrinkles. Uh, I hate that we didn't get in the end zone early. We hit, we struggled in the red zone. Um, credit to uh, first things first. Kendricks is a stud. I, we all we all knew he was a good linebacker, but wow, that guy is really good. Minnesota is lucky to have him. We should have drafted him, but that's another subject. <laughs> the Packers should have drafted linebackers earlier than they ever did. What really? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh my God, that guy is so good. He was around the ball all day long, and I almost felt bad for him because he had no help for a minute. But uh, after that, we whatever the Packers wanted to do, they did. Um, maybe the running game up the middle was a little bit of struggle, which was a surprise. I, I give credit to interior of Minnesota's defense, but everything outside of that, uh, I thought it was a dominant performance. Uh, Aaron Rodgers looked great. He was having fun. He was smiling. Can you believe he was smiling? <laughs> it helps when you're winning, right? Yeah, well, that, but even like when there were situations, like the guy was like, he was relaxed, which was, was different than what we saw the last few seasons, in my opinion. You know, he was just a calm, cool collective. Uh, every, you take away a few drops, 
the guy was on fire, right? Um, MVS, <laughs> it, it might be just who he is where it's going to be, Hey, hit or miss. He's going to make big plays and then he's going to make you pull your hair out, but Hey, whatever, you know? I will say I did think Rogers handled that well and going back to him late when he was needed and he came up with the big catch because we've seen in the past where once MVS drops a couple of Rogers will just ignore him the whole game. 100% like after he got that touchdown and then all of a sudden you had that easy drop. It's like, oh, he's never going to him again. And then he dropped another and Rogers kept feeding him. So, hey, maybe they're growing together because you are 100% correct. Like Rogers won't, won't see another look his way for the rest of the season. <laughs> so. That was good. Um, one thing I want to say, Josiah DeGuaria, that block on Lazard's run early in the game where he took out two guys, that was a thing of beauty. Uh, I Hopefully that makes like highlight videos for the next five years because that was awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, I was saying earlier how I thought he played really well this game. Um, led the tight ends in production this week, but uh, one catch for 12 yards is all you need to lead a Packers tight end in, in production. The one pass that I think Rodgers missed where Kendricks made a good play going out there, if Rodgers would have floated it a little bit, I think I think he leads him to get that wheel route, to which we talked about last Thursday. I think I think there was a play there, and Rodgers tried to, like, sneak it in there more than leading him. So that was, like, the only miss. But, yeah, Josiah looked great today. I think there's a lot of a lot of potential there. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. We'll stick with the offense. Any thoughts about the offensive line? The interior? Well, okay. So it was interesting. You know, they start with Jenkins out at, at tackle, which we kind of maybe were going to do. Then an injury moves them back inside. We shut down their pass rush. Uh, Rodgers did not get pressure, but we struggled a little bit up the middle. I think their interior D-line kind of pushed us around a little bit. Now, whether that's, you know, just getting our feet wet or whatever, but that was the only little problem inside. And I'm really worried about Taylor. Uh, that didn't look good. I'm fearing it's that could I, that could be as potentially as bad as season ending. So I think uh, so. I don't want to say that, but listen to Matt LaFleur talk after the game. He doesn't seem so confident either. So, uh, yeah, that that might be a loss. I, I don't think I'm jinxing anything I'd rather I'd rather you know what I don't want to say is oh yeah he'll be fine and be back right and no I think I'd feel much worse but it, I've just kind of echoed my I'm not again not a doctor neither of us are but it, it does seem it yeah carted off's never great knees never great it, it didn't look pretty and it, I remember in the broadcast they were talking almost shoulder just because the way he landed on the shoulder but then I, I saw in the highlights the way his knee bent I was like oh that it might be that and then sure enough they later revealed what he's carted off with the knee injury and I you know wasn't so so surprised seeing it I thought it might be that 100% yeah it looked ugly how he landed and then it's like when you when they replayed it like you said it's like eh. yeah his his knee gave out not good with the rookie stepping in too you know like uh we didn't miss a beat so that was that was a, a solid pick, actually, late by Gudikens, clearly, because, yeah, he looked good at right guard. Um, my speculation for, for this week is it's really going to be dependent on who's healthy. Is, is Lucas Patrick healthy or is Billy Turner healthy? If they're both healthy, you can, I think, I, I see it as 
Ricky Wagner is probably going to start most games at right tackle now. I think the plan probably was to have Jenkins, but without if if uh, Lane Taylor's out for for the season or or for a long period of time, I think Wagner's getting the starts out there, and they want Jenkins inside. I agree, and Wagner pitched a shutout when he came in. So I mean, <laughs> hey, you can't ask anything else, you know. And I I think the competition is healthy, like you said. You know, if if you're not 100 percent right now. It might be like last year where Jenkins came in, you know, Lane Taylor, you know, went out and we might go with a hot hand. So it'll be interesting going forward with the whole line. But Rogers like is Jenkins clean all day long. As long as, because it seems like with Jenkins there, he can play no matter where, because, you know, when he having to move from right tackle to left guard, he did it seamlessly. I, you know, I, I barely even noticed what had first happened and then, oh, wait a minute, that's, that's, that's Wagner on the, on the, when I, I didn't quite realize that Taylor was injured, I thought, were they just trying something at first? Was it maybe something, because when I first noticed it was on the two minute drill, actually, just before halftime, and I wondered, okay, was that something strategic? Was Wagner their guy for the two minute drill? But then later revealed that no, Patrick was injured and that's why that change was made. So, it really does seem like the Packers' plan was to have Jenkins be their their right tackle this year. I my speculation earlier was, I think they've kind of revealed their plan for next season is he's going to be right tackle full time this year. It's kind of a transition year just because of the you know not sure on the offensive line that the shift over from Bulaga and and, and you know now the uncertainty with with uh, Taylor. But I think what they're going to do is their their plan next year is Jenkins full time at right tackle. They're going to bring in extra guard help. They're going to get guys long term. Um, but this year it's going to be, you use Wagner. He's there. Um, again, like you mentioned, he, he played pretty well. Uh, I do think, you know, Ngakwe clearly wasn't a hundred percent. He was in and out. Uh, I think there are going to be more potent pass rushes. Even when, you know, I expect when the Vikings replay the Packers, if Danelle Hunter and, and, and Ngakwe are both healthy, that's going to be a much tougher task from a pass rush perspective. So I, you know, as much as to say, okay, oh, Jenkins look great. Cause he, he pitched a shutout too pressure wise for my tackle when he was playing. But is is that just because this pass rush wasn't quite at their full potential and the and the, the Packers offensive line just kind of owned it, or is that really going to be the case to to, to see? And I, and I think we'll you know as the opponents get tougher, I think we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna see that, including again a potentially fully healthy Vikings pass rush later. Oh, agreed. And I think a lot of it had to do with game plan too. I mean, we started quick getting the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hands where it didn't matter if they were going to come early right away either because it was coming out, you know. And then after they started getting comfortable and Rodgers got to get his happy feet, he still was looking downfield. So that's a tribute to what they did. But it started out quick and, that you know, getting the ball out, you know, working those jet sweeps, trying to keep these guys off, you know, off balance. And it was a great game plan outside of the goal line. <laughs> the goal yeah. line I didn't mind. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think the... I guess one thing I didn't touch on was, you know, Matt LaFleur's logic behind the plays. There is some predictability behind it. I I, I kind of, I point some things out. Oh, they're probably going to do this. Oh, they're probably like just even noticing from last year, but it's, they're doing things logically. Uh, I know the use of motion is really key. Uh, when, when Adams is being motioned, he's probably getting the target. I think that's just because on most plays he's getting the target anyway, but it seems like that, especially where they're using Adams in motion is because they're trying to find a spot to get him the most open. Uh, but when other players are in motion, I've noticed, especially like when a tight end's in motion, a lot of it is either to fool the opponent or that tight end is moving to the point of attack where they're going to run. Uh, I remember on one play, I think it was I, I think it was Sternberger. They motioned him um, to a spot, but then and I thought, oh, that's where they're blocking to. But he actually pulled from there, but Jones did run in that exact spot. They just had him <laughs> they, they had him block it a different way. But I think there's there's certain keys there. But I I think it's a lot of mismatch. They had the the one play where Tyler Irvin had the end around, and then they ran it 
uh, I think it gained like eight yards. So on second and two, they run another, they run him out again to fake it and then just run right up the middle to get an easy first down. So there's you know, plays building on plays. There's a lot of logic behind it. And you really see it of LaFleur. And noticed all this last year. And I think it's right well established right off the bat. So, uh, you know, these are the reasons he was hired. Yeah, it's interesting. Like you see the Shanahan and you see all the kinds of zone system within a zone system and everything you touched on. Like, um, it, it's just like, it's like a little chess game within the play where they move guys around. Like, I know what you're saying about Adams and you're right. When Adams is moving, yeah, they're trying to get him open. They're trying to work him. But what other guys are moving, it's it's the chess piece to try to work to the zone system. And it's, it's really, like I've talked about the Niners offense before, where like, it, yeah, they gashed us and I don't want to talk about that, but it, it's interesting. And you're starting to see those little, little pieces in our offense now and it's fun to see you want to touch on the defense at all it started off where oh man that first drive was like oh there, there's the run defense we're getting gashed we're getting gashed right but the pass rush is there and then they, they tightened up so um I, I'm, I'm not even going to talk about the garbage points late because even matt lafleur said you know we didn't want to give up the big plays um but yeah after that first drive i think they tightened up like we talked last week, you went on first down and make the Vikings have to pass the ball and Kirk Cousins move. Yeah, he might, he's got good feet. He made some good plays with his feet. But uh, we were bringing the pressure, and he was getting hit, and it changed the game. And, and that's where we got to win. Cook's a great back. Uh, even uh, they ran the ball well early. But if we shut him down on first down, we did okay. So that was huge. Uh, Jair Alexander, I think, uh, won that first half. Because that first half could have went a whole different direction. Even they had, what, like 16 plays that whole half? And he won about four of those plays that changed the whole first half. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing, you know, they mentioned that even in the broadcast. Oh, yeah, they're playing defense a certain way. Like, this is kind of expected. They're, they're going to they're gonna give up yards now. Just, again, protect the, big, the, protect the lead, protect the big play. But I think the lack of Kenny Clark was the biggest reason. It was neat. Okay, they they moved Z inside, but like 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 you're saying, they said you know that that's not the same. That's not Kenny Clark matching up, you know. And and it took away what we wanted to do. But I think what we got that lead, which was so nice that we came out and stopped them early, the first drive in the second half. Because last year, what everybody scored on us coming out the gate, we shut them down early, and it and it put us back in favor of down and distance. Well, and I think you know that that first drive was key, right? Because you like you alluded to. There's a couple times where you had Zadarius line up as the nose, not so successful because that first drive it did look like okay, oh well, they're gashing us up the middle, but then they brought on Kiki and with three defensive linemen they actually held their own. I thought that was better. That was an improvement. That even without Clark they were able to kind of hold their own. It just it wasn't again the, the pass rush wasn't quite as effective without Clark. Um, I will say I was tracking his double teams. He only saw three double teams the whole game. One of which was one of which was on Jair Alexander's blitz in the on the on the safety, and the other one was on a sack by Zadarius Smith. So, you know, the, the Minnesota was cognizant of that, knowing that they were trying to put one on one as on Clark as much as possible. And I will say, I was initially disappointed with Clark. I thought, he, you know, given so many one on ones, he really wasn't winning much as first. But like you mentioned, I think once the defense kind of got their bearings and everything hammered down, he he started playing really well towards the end of the first quarter, but especially the second quarter leading up to, to getting hurt. Um, but yeah, so like anytime they, the Vikings double teamed him, it was no good because someone was getting free. It's kind of been, you know, Kenny Coach ML where he's kind of started slow and did all that. Like, like you're saying, like, man, we just made it. Like that. 
and they're like, man, he's not taking over. And then he, he works into it because there was like there was a few flash plays where, damn, he beat his guy who's in the backfield. And there was a few where it's like, man, he couldn't get off the block on a single. Yeah, exactly. It's and I mean, I think we've seen that too. It's he he you know needs to get in rhythm, even not just in games, but in season. Like it seems like he you know, always comes alive in December. Kind of needs to work into that a little. So uh, ho- again, hopefully the his injury isn't too serious. Uh, hoping that Lucas Patrick and especially uh, Lane Taylor for recovery for his health sake. I know a contract year for him, so this was going to be a huge year going into free agency for himself. This is last year, so it was it got extended year before and. That's why, yeah, this is it. So. Yeah, so, uh, you know, hoping, you know, for the best uh, for Lane Taylor. But again, winning, uh, you know, walking away from a division game with a win is always great. Uh, want to know? Like I said, it's, it's the way you want to start the season. Uh, looking forward to the Lions game next week. Yeah, I'm kind of a little bit more worried for next week, even though I caught the end of the Bears-Lions game, which I mean, we're jumping the gun. But, uh, you know, DeAndre Swift dropped a few passes there. But, uh, yeah, the Lions are a, a team that scares me a little bit. But we'll get into that for this next week. Mm-hmm, I'm sure we will. So, uh, just, yeah, keep paying attention to us uh, on Twitter at FPC underscore Packers. Uh, of course, you could follow us individually. Jesse's at Hall underscore J Hall 1212. Is the 12s because of Rogers, by the way? Uh, of course it is. Yeah, Rogers is amazing. Um, and of course, uh, our absentee co-host Sam. Uh, you can follow him at s underscore toma t h o m a nine seven. So s underscore toma ninety seven, and I'm at senra says. Uh, of course, download the full press coverage app available on your Android and Apple stores. Uh, Jesse, any final thoughts for the people? Nope. Uh, home game next week. Let's do it. Go pack, go! Thanks for listening to the week one recap of the full press Packers pod. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.